Welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily Robertson. And I'm Amy Kelly. We are professional writers and critique partners. We've worked in traditional and independent publishing, podcasting, and social media marketing. Including my novel, Lifestyles of Gods and Monsters, published by a Big Five Publisher. My long-running podcast, In the Middle of It. And accomplished authors, my business helping authors create an inspiring online presence. We are here to share our creative journeys and encourage you on yours. From the writing process to promoting your work and all of the messy in between. We're here to remind you that your story matters and it's worth sharing with the world. Okay, it's It's time time to to write. write. Hi, welcome to Time to Write. I'm Emily. And I'm Amy. And today we're going to talk about what happens when you get triggered in your writing community. But first, we're going to talk about our high lows for the week. And so I am going to start our timer. Um, And uh, Amy, what's your high low? So I would say my high is I'm continuing to work on my rom-com series and I'm diving a little bit deeper. So I've gone through and answered like 200 questions for two of the characters to kind of get actually it's the the two main characters of the first book. So I'm just enjoying that and enjoying doing all the kind of creative stuff. I think you call it the paper doll phase. I do. I'm doing that. I'm super excited because I totally created um, a whole Pinterest thing where it's like I have a board for every character and I'm starting to like populate it with, you know, pictures. And is that a public them. board? Amy it certainly is. I'm under, and where would people go to find That would Pinterest? be um, on Pinterest. I'm the ish girl, T-H-E-I-S-H-G-I-R-L. So go check her ooh, out. You know what? I can, I can throw it into um, our list of where you can find me. So, yeah. um, and it's under the green Firth girls, which I have like a whole color palette. And then I, I did a color palette for all the sisters and then all the significant others. I've done a color palette. So just super duper fun. So Yay! yeah. And then I would say my low would be, um, it's kind of nice that I'm kind of having to dig for it. Oh, here's my low. Cause you know, I'm here in Texas and it is like the armpit of hell. Like it is so hot here right now. It is mid July. So like there's, you know, we, we, we laughed when we first moved back to Texas. We lived in Virginia for about 10 years and there's like the three months out of the year. You can't go outside. There is like the winter here. It's, you know, it's like July through September. September. So. Anyway, so we're inside. So that's me. What about you? Okay. So my high is I went with my sister to Hot Springs, Arkansas. My sister and her husband and my husband and I went and did a little sisters and spouses getaway in Hot Springs, Arkansas, which is, you may know, people may know, I am just fascinated by the town. We went to the gangster museum. We did all kinds of fun stuff. And then my sister and I got our tarot cards read, which was a wild thing that I had never done. I got interested in tarot for some characters because I have a character I'm working on whose grandmother reads a tarot. And so I got interested in it. I have some cards, but having someone do it for me was really interesting. It was, um, and I did say, like, I wanted to have her do it for my creative life. And so she was fascinating and what she said, and I just think this is so interesting for our listeners. And she just looked at me and she said, it feels to me like you're really going to be able to get rolling on this project around Halloween. But in the meantime, I think you should be resting. 
and thinking and doing things wow. that interest you and following your nose. And so I thought really hard about that. And I feel like I'm going to take her advice. So I will still be reading and researching and doing all the things. But um, the she said, I feel like you probably have been on a productivity road for your whole life. And maybe it'd be good to figure out that you have value independent of that. Okay, mind blown because we've literally been talking about that. Yes. Like that's what we've been talking about in our critique group. This idea yeah. that this in writing that being productive is just getting the words on the page and not right. acknowledging that it's the thinking piece and the and the sitting and the being sleep and, and the sleep, the right? Like the sleeping. sleeping. You wake up and you're like fresh and you have all the ideas. So exercising she wants me to she suggested I start dream journaling which is a thing I've never been she said are you dreaming a lot lately which I've been dreaming I don't always dream but I've been dreaming like crazy lately she's like right it's because your subconscious wants you to slow down and listen so okay I love that I know I thought that was really interesting very and um I don't really have a low I just things have been yeah I mean yeah yeah you're not going to grab the weather like I did. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the weather. Well, actually, our weather has been great. So I can't like, complain. It's kind of great. It's supposed to be 100 on Wednesday. So I'm yeah. preemptively. Well, and um, just saying, like, I, if you're having to, like, scramble for a low. Yeah. Like, that's great. I hope everybody else is in that spot right this week. too. Right. So. I would say I am a little tired of making food for people. And so I'm trying to figure out ways to make food for people in a way that doesn't feel quite so oppressive. So oppressive is too strong a word. You know what I mean? No, no. I think oppressive <laughs> totally fits. Get and anybody who knows me food. would, would agree like that's making food is oppressive. That's why like, yeah, my husband does, he grills like once a week and then we have easy meals. Other than that, like it is not my thing. And now that our kids, well, my daughter's home for the summer, but yeah, he's a great yeah. cook. So yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, let's jump into right. our topic. Okay. So we are talking about when we get triggered in the writing community, because I think it is a little bit different than being triggered in kind of real life everyday situations. Right. So let's dive uh, in. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't sure, like I, I can think of a couple examples, like one is being at a conference and telling someone, you know, that I, and this is before Lifestyles came out when I was still kind of querying it, you know, I'd written a, you know, retelling of a Greek myth with a reality TV setting. And how when someone say like, oh my God, I hate reality TV. Like, why would you do that? <laughs> it's kind of like, okay. Yeah. Or like, I didn't think anybody was buying my A. <laughs> yeah, that, or I can even remember when I was still teaching, I took a writing class as part of my continuing ed. And um, yeah, I was very sure, and I still kind of am, that the teacher didn't quote unquote like me. And I was yeah. like, it was just, it was a good experience as a teacher to know what right. that feels like on the other side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, froze me like paralyzed me yeah and it can really I think one of the things to know is when as for us as writers even if you are someone who has uh managed really well in other settings mm -hmm. it can feel really overwhelming especially the first time that or if you bump up against someone who's like actively mean which sometimes you will find like people who are like 
Oh my gosh. Like I can remember, I think the last time I went to our local, well, several years ago, went to our local writers conference with um, a former member of our critique group who writes beautifully. And she so vulnerably signed up for a session where like you read your work and around a table and there are people in the room, like surrounding the table, listening and the guy just shredded her. And it was very clearly his issues and his snark. And he w- it was just horrible, horrible. Right. And had yeah. nothing to do with her writing. Right. At all. And so I, so for us, like, like these are, if you haven't had this happen, like it just probably something will happen. And so for what we are going to talk about today isn't so much that other person and why they did what they did or anything like that. Cause that is, as we all know, a rabbit hole. It's also the rabbit hole that fiction comes out of, but for today, <laughs> we're going to talk about what you can do in the moment. If that specific thing hit, cause there's some stuff people will say, and it will just glance off of you. You will not care. But when you, when someone's dart at either accidentally on purpose hits home in the middle of your insecurities that for me is when I get super triggered and I either like feel really bad about myself or I want to argue with that person both of which we want to say well and let's talk about what we mean by triggered really quickly because um I think it's that whole fight flight freeze and I think they've added fawn to it which I think is totally a great addition because I think that happens sometimes too so it's that place where kind of the prefrontal cortex completely goes offline and you're all in your amygdala yeah you feel like someone like like it the thing to remember about our prefront when our prefrontal cortex goes offline is that our nervous system doesn't know the difference between the guy with the monocle who just said something obnoxious about romance and a lion Mm -hmm. like because for early humans social ostracization was a death sentence right so for us when if somehow your brain has coded monocle man as someone who has power and then he says romance is trash your amygdala feels like you're being actually pelted with eggs Mm-hmm. and driven or tarred and feathered whatever driven out of town on a rail right stones for sure for sure so really this is about managing ourselves when we're in that state and i think a couple of things and you can jump in here too i know for me one of the things that i can do to get myself out is just like deep breaths and it's for me it's not about not being triggered because i think that's that's just being a human. Being a human. It's, it's about shortening that time between I'm triggered, I'm aware, and I'm trying to get myself out of it. How, how short can I get that, that little gap there? How, right. how small can I get it? So um, it's like deep breathing. It's um, maybe- noticing that it has happened noticing that it's happened, feeling all the, th- like staying in my body. So it might be, um, like bilateral stuff helps. So even if you like cross your arms and just kind of tap yourself where nobody notices, like just something to ground yourself in your body. And I'll talk about this at the end. Rub two fingers together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Notice the color of the other person's eyes. 
Yeah. Anything. Here's the thing, which I did not understand, but I am sharing with everybody else. Anything that tells your body, oh no, this is not a lion. Because if it's really a lion, you do not have time to rub your fingers together. Right. If it's really a lion, you're running. So anything that gives you, gives, gives your nervous system a chance to realize like, oh, I do not have to grab a spear and fight this person off. I can sit in my body and like assess what's really happening. Right. And, or I can leave and go to the bathroom. That's the other right. thing. And I, and I think that's kind of our next point is you've, you've got a, a decision to make. So are you going to stay in the conversation? Are you going to walk away? And either one is fine. As long as you're still in your body, you've gotten yourself kind of calmed down and your nervous system calmed Actually, down. And even if you're not fine, go to the bathroom, take yeah. a breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like For also sure. still fine. We're all just humans. We're all just. Right, right. But and the big thing I would say, um, if it's something that somebody has said, like, you know, romance stinks or, you know, whatever, like. I'm, I'm can be a very argumentative person. Sometimes I'm great at debating. And so, uh, squelching that (laughs) and do not argue. Like there's nothing good that comes out of like arguing. And that's not saying you can't disagree with people on things, but in that moment when you've just been triggered, not a great idea. Right. Well, especially because just getting your head around, and this is the thing we're sort of want you to understand is you're in a writing, like this is, this is the weirdest thing about this job. And I know it's true for actors and musicians too. It is our heart. It is our job. It is both things. Mm-hmm. So yes, protect your heart, but also this is our job. And so to, you know, you would not throw a drink in the face of a coworker. <laughs> right right um, and these people that are our fellow members of the writing community on some level they are for anybody who's ever worked in a job they are our colleagues and we all have the colleagues that we avoid at the water cooler but when you need something done you still have to hand something to them and so sometimes the person that triggered you is just a fellow writer that writes westerns and you're really never going to have to bump up against but sometimes it's an editor, it's an agent, it's a, and while you can know, like, maybe I don't want this person to be my editor or agent, I would suggest that if you find someone consistently triggers you, maybe don't work with them. But the last thing I want to do is alienate, alienate them because it is, people say this all the time, but this is just the truth. It is a tiny industry. Yes. Tiny. Tiny, tiny. And so you want to just kind of tuck them into your network, right? Like your list of people of, I met them, I know them, they can be a resource. Doesn't mean you have to work with them. You do have to be professional, right? So, yes. So really in this, I think what's important is that we have to know ourselves and we have to know where our, um, you know, vulnerable spots are, where insecurities are, where we're likely to be triggered and, and understand that and know, and be, and that helps in recognizing it in the moment. Like, oh, they just said that about whatever. And okay. Well, and 
I would say it also finds it's super helpful because for some of us, we can't always tell the difference between. So I swing and I think most people do this. I either swing from like immediately explaining like, oh, that person, they have their own baggage. They just put that out. That doesn't have anything to do with me. So I'm swinging from that to like, oh, that totally hurt my feelings. I, I feel terrible. Right. Like, but but being able to say sometimes people are being mean and you do not have to sit with that. You do not have to explain it. You, you do have to like not throw a drink in their face, <laughs> but that doesn't mean you have to like stay in a situation or become really good. Worse and worse is when you see people, because there are, there are some very unpleasant people in this community. And I have seen people who have explained themselves right up into a really close relationship with someone who is actively bad for you. That is not what Amy and I are talking about. No. We are talking about, I just had an interaction with someone. I am all over the map. Later on, being able to say, was that person speaking from ignorance? Was that person speaking from malice? Was that person? And once you're calmer, then you can actually assess it rationally and then and physically and emotionally and all the other things because you do also i'm saying rational but you also have to trust like if your rational mind is like that person's fine but your heart is like i have a really bad feeling about this person it is it is a small industry but it's also a big world you do not have to like be buddied up with someone that your body is like no right right for sure and i think even if a person is unpleasant Going through that process of kind of reflecting on what is true and real here, what's what can I take from it if there's anything at all? Sometimes there's nothing at all. Right. Sometimes it's a okay, even though, though that was mean spirited, was there truth in it about my work? Is there something that I can, you know, like flip it to being something that's a benefit to you? Right. Like one of the things that I had forever with critique, and it still comes up sometimes, is um readers would say, I can't connect with your main character. And they would say it in various ways, some meaner, some kinder. And over time, I just had to realize like, this is a play, is a growth opportunity in my work. But I really had to get over the part of me, but it's like, but I said it right here. (laughs) But I said, like, she's thinking this, like uh, right here. And just feeling obviously for whatever reason, this isn't connecting with people. And so to figure out how to help with that, you do actually have to. So critique and meanness are not the same. No. Although sometimes they feel the same. Right. Right. They especially feel the same if you're getting someone like me who gets really enthusiastic and critique and sometimes doesn't notice that the other person is triggered and stop. Which can happen. Which and is I think personal that's- flaw. I think that's a personal flaw, I will say. No, I think that that's something we all can, you know, fall into. I think that's the other point to this, which is once you're aware of it in yourself, then you can see and recognize when you're the one, when when the person across from you, and you can't control whether someone is triggered or not. But you can at least notice that they are. That you can notice that they are, and you can just stop, like change the conversation, like move along, whatever the case is. So one of the ways that we would really recommend you sort of, as you look at a mindset on this, your mindset is 
And we talk about this all the time, but just coming back to it, I can trust myself. I can trust myself. I can trust myself. I am not a like forgotten being that needs to get trained. I can trust myself, but I do actually have to be like, pay attention, know myself. And so the practical that I would suggest is so, especially around your writing, and we'll talk about some ways to practice this, but, um, is to, there's an exercise. It's in a really, uh, great program called positive intelligence that I really, it's a book I really like, but he talks about identifying your saboteurs and a lot of this stuff is in there. But one of the things that he suggests is, you know, when you get, he calls it being hijacked, but it's the same, all the same stuff. When you realize you were like off to the races, take a second, rub two fingers together, like as slowly as you can. So you can feel the ridges on each finger or take a deep breath or notice, but really notice your breathing or see the color of the other person's eyes. So he has this really great exercise that I highly recommend is the opposite of ruminating, which the first time I did it, I was terrified because I have been known to ruminate. And I was like, oh, this is not good. It's that all. What's wrong with me? Why did I blah, 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 blah. That's not what we're doing. Call up a time when you were in a situation where you maybe a writing situation, maybe something else where you got super triggered triggered you call it up in your mind you're going to imagine yourself there but in the moment you're going to super meta you're going to imagine yourself rubbing your fingers or feeling your feet on the ground or you're going to imagine yourself settling and then you're going to look at how would i have showed up in this interaction settled present fully there but you're actually doing it in your mind's eye you are replaying but you're replaying it embodied. And probably you'll see things that you didn't see before and you'll see avenues. Cause the thing about fight, flight, freeze, fawn is it only presents those avenues as your response. But when you show up fully, you can be like, oh, there's a million way. Like there's not only one way to manage these situations. There's a million ways. Well, and that... That reminds me of something I wanted to say a minute ago, which is, I think that it's, as you do that, it would be valuable to maybe think of two or three things that in the moment you can respond with that are neutral, that Mm -hmm. you, you know them already ahead of time. So you don't have to like try to dig them out of your brain when your brain is offline. Things like, huh, are, that's an interesting perspective or just something neutral right. like that, that you could, that you're, you can pull on and, and go to like, I never thought of it that way. Or, right. you know, like there's no there's... accounting for taste. <laughs> right. Or like, wow. Hmm. <laughs> you yeah, know, whatever it is, buys you time to continue to calm to yourself. Calm down. yourself. Yeah. And so the thing also that Amy and I both really would recommend is also find somewhere an emotion wheel. This is going to help with your characters. It's also going to help with yourself. So when you're re- doing this replay or when you're thinking about it, try to figure out what were the emotions that you were feeling? And maybe in the present, try to figure out what are the emotions you're feeling? What is it Brene Brown says? Just as most people only have angry and sad. Right. Or yeah, angry, sad, 
happy, happy. Right. Which that's what I was going to jump in and say her book, Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the heart is fantastic about really going through and giving you language around emotion. And then the emotion wheel that M is talking about, you can just Google emotion wheel and find it. And it is fantastic too. Because a lot of times what you figure out is that like, so let's say you're at a conference and someone says you've written a this is an old reference, but you've written a vampire book and someone says vampires are over to realize what you feel is sadness, mm-hmm. not like it feels like anger or denial or whatever else. And what you feel is sadness. And then you can actually ask yourself, like, is that really true? Because they sneak in in lots of ways. And does it matter? Like speaking of vampire stuff, that reminds me, I can remember reading that Stephen King, like, totally dissed Stephanie Meyer's Twilight books and just thinking, huh, that's interesting because like, I'm sure she was crying about it all the way to the bank. Like there's you. And so it was a, it was a kind of an icon in the writing space. Right. Yet I'm hoping that she was able to say, that's just his opinion. I am doing a great job. There are people also it wasn't for Stephen King. Yes. It's not for you. That is, that is the other, I'm sorry, just to really drill down on this. Sometimes you interact with someone and you realize they're, they really have strong opinions. You didn't write it for them. They don't have to like it. Mm -hmm. I did not write a book about teenagers in the hyper realistic magical world because i cared what 65 year old men thought about it Mm -hmm. if they like it great but i wrote it for a very specific audience so i don't really you know sorry that's no no next level for sure but to identify like oh and then sometimes you realize like oh i no i really like i feel bad that someone said something mean about my writing because our writing is really serious and we put a lot of our heart into it. And honestly, guys, it's a little bit like people talking smack about your kids, like mm-hmm. that upsetting. Yeah. Right. Right. And I'm just going to throw this in here to you. This all applies to social media as well. So 100%. When there are trolls on social media, like move on. You do not respond. You walk away, you stay in your body you do all the things that we just talked about and you right. on those there's no reason to no, respond no to no arguing no arguing no arguing okay okay and then we're almost out of time but next steps i'm going to say practice practice yes. practice practice and amy has a tip about this not with your not with your family not with people that you're you know you don't want to start practicing with them cuz there's just a whole lot of emotional stuff going on there practice with your mailman or or and i love this idea from m as okay, we were preparing okay so i for am this. a person like i it took me it's only been the last few years that i would have told you before the last few years that i never got triggered i would have told you that and what i have since discovered is oh i did and i got out of it so fast i regularly had a thing happen where I would be, and that's our timer, I would be, let's say, working on my writing in a situation, and then I would realize I was at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Or in the kitchen with a cookie. In the kitchen with a cookie. Why am, or watching a movie, my family's like laughing their tails off because I'm like watching the movie from the other room. Like, cause, and so that's a good case. Like you're watching a show and all of a sudden you're just like, I can't, never have I ever, cannot watch this. 
cannot watch Never Have I Ever. Oh, I me neither. Cringy situations. Social I'm running, running, I'm running, running. Yes. Okay. That is a great opportunity. People take two seconds. Why is this fairly innocuous show? The office that people love have me <laughs> running out the door. Like I can take a minute. Yeah. I can identify what are the feelings that Jim and Pam are actually it was never Jim and Pam, but that Michael Scott is inspiring in me that is making me like literally like flee, flee, flee. run. Yes. Same with the ice cream tub running while eating the ice cream tub. Like what's happening. Right. So you're practicing, you're practicing, practicing. in safe situations. Right. right? And right. sometimes you're practicing with the ice cream tub. That is the other crucial thing. Sometimes. Yeah. It, 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 but it's a, when you're holding the ice cream, that's a really great time. That's a really great signal to recognize like, huh, totally triggered right now. Yeah. Wonder what happened <laughs> with the spirit of, and Amy put this in all caps in our Google doc, curiosity. Yeah. Here is the biggest thing people, and then we will go. If you come at yourself. With anything approaching the what's wrong with you tone, you ensure that this just keeps happening. Because what you've told the part of yourself that's freaked out is, I heard this on a podcast the other day and I'm like, I want to save it, which is that we all have this core inside of us that just wants to feel okay if you could imagine that core inside of you as a three-year-old who is, as my current 12-year-old was as a three-year-old terrified of balloons, if I start screaming at the three-year-old that he's an idiot for being terrified of balloons, like everything's going downhill. So he had a reason he was afraid of balloons because they pop and they make a loud sound and it was scary. Like, even though it was kind of funny that he was afraid of balloons, but it wasn't because he was really afraid. And so just being able to be like, oh, I know you're really afraid. And we can look at the balloon and see it's just a balloon, but we don't have to touch it because I also know they feel weird. So in the same way to yourself, like if you could just, instead of being like, oh my God, why did I act that way at the conference? I'm such a moron. Just be like, why did I Passion. act that way at the conference? What did self, I think Self-compassion mm -hmm. or self-understanding. I like self -understanding. that one. Compassion. I'm going to say compassion. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with compassion. So- Okay, what and have you it been all reading? makes us better writers, people. For sure. Okay, what have you been reading? Oh my gosh. Okay, I have been reading. I have been having so much fun with um, the ongoing research for my book set in the 1920s. So I have been reading all. I read it. Just read a biography of Zelda Fitzgerald, and now I'm reading a book by John Dos Passos, who I've never read before. That's a memory of his time in the. 20s and um i'm just having a ball what's so interesting about these people is um it's really interesting again getting to our stuff how much they don't say like there was a line where um in this book where one of the this guy john dos passes is just like, moving from place to place to place and he says oh, hold on i'm gonna call it up because i'm just like oh my gosh this is so great well i can't find it he says all the girls who were interested in psychoanalysis kept asking me, what are you running from? But he doesn't answer the question because it's really a fair question. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you realize at the end of his life, which is when he wrote it, I don't know that he knew. And that to me, is like this beautiful writing. And yet there's this thing again, not connecting with the main character. You don't, you see him do, he's traveling all, he's in a, he was on a camel caravan at one point across trying to get to Persia, like from Persia to Baghdad. He's, he meets um, Gertrude Bell. He's on a camel caravan, but he doesn't know the answer to the question. And I'm like, that, that is interesting to me as a, like, which is so interesting reading the book and I can feel like how beautiful it is, but also I'm like, there's a missing piece, missing piece, which totally made me think about can't connect with the main character, which nobody says that about Ariad, by the way, but, mm-hmm. um, and about like, oh, that the character doesn't have to know, but I think it's kind of useful if we, the author know. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What about you? What are you reading? So kind of the same thing where I'm kind of researching. So my um, main female character in my first book is obsessed with Eleanor Roosevelt. So I've been kind of going back and looking. I haven't read like all, you know, from start to finish anything, but I've been kind of dipping in. And there's one book in particular that um, Eleanor Roosevelt wrote an advice column. So she has all kinds of stuff to say about everything. And so that's been super fun to dive into. Yeah, just the whole research part of thing. This is my jam. For sure. For sure. Okay, friends. Thanks for hanging out and make time to write. Make time to write. All right. Bye, guys. Patreon. We have a Patreon. We have a Patreon. Oh, yeah. Let's tell them about the Q&A. We're going to start doing a QA and a on our Patreon. So if you have questions for us, join our Patreon and send them. And then we will do a live a live Q and A once a month at once at a least month. at least once a month starting now and um and yeah we'd love to connect and we'd love to hear your questions and you know try to answer them to the best of our ability and also just meet you love to meet yeah. our listeners so for sure all right all right thanks everyone bye. bye people thanks so much for being with us today we love our people and we want to get to know you better. So email us at questions at time to write podcast.com to have your questions considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also drop us a review on Apple podcasts. Not only will it thrill us. Seriously, we read everyone. It also helps others find the show. We're driven by sharing stories and your review helps us do that. Just remember your stories matter and we're rooting for you to find time to write. Even if it's only five minutes, five minutes, you can do it. You can do it.